Yahweh, Abba, bless the reading and sharing of this word, your word, your truth, the word of light, the word of love, life, and the gospel of you, Father God, and your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, salvation, and opportunity that we would have eternity with you, Father. Paracletos, our guide to guide us through this walk of life that is sometimes most difficult. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we have the opportunity to pray and listen and be taught by all. Father God, Yahweh, Aman, Yeshua, Aman, Paracletos, Aman. Brothers and sisters, a blessed day to you. I'm going to share with you from the book of John. John, the brother of Jesus, apostle to Jesus. And we're going to start a good place in the beginning, in chapter 1-1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Brothers and sisters, I've shared this with you before. When you go in a room and you hit that light switch and it immediately comes on, darkness flees. There is no darkness. It goes to the deepest recess to to be gathered in little shadows. Uh, and the light dispels darkness. <clears throat> we have a problem going on in this world now. And I know that Martin Luther King Jr. is just, his heart is breaking. And he spoke to the darkness <coughs> cannot, and darkness, it must be light. And hate cannot drive away hate. It must be love. That's not his exact quote, but his quotation was speaking to that. Speaking to light, love, and dispelling all this hatred and this separation and derisiveness that is coming back to this world now. And there are those that are driving this. And they're pointing their fingers at each other and blaming and, and cursing one another. And brothers and sisters, <laughs> it's, I find it, I, I can't help but to, to, to laugh a little bit because the very ones that are complaining about it the loudest and pointing their fingers and, and screaming the hardest are the ones who are very much so that way. And they're driving derisiveness. How is anything going to be driven away if the same tactic is used that they complain against? That's what he's talking about. And that's what, that's what John is talking about when they're talking about Jesus Christ. The light. Darkness doesn't get it. Hatred doesn't get love. It doesn't understand. When you have people that come at you in that bitterness I shared with you that other night and, and didn't, didn't respond the way I, I would have in days gone by. And part of that was the battle. 
Part of that is the battle. You have to understand that when, when God says that we're in a spiritual battle, it isn't just that, that the enemy will use individuals like that to come at you in physicality, but the battle is also within to keep that spirit that used to be in us from coming out and responding the way we used to. I was literally trembling, not in fear, I was fearful, but it was because... I was battling. I could feel, I could feel and I could hear the sensation. Just punch him out. Give him a good slug. He won't come back. He won't get up and, and all these things. And, and these are the, the demons of torment. These are the serpents and scorpions that come to torment and agitate and stir up. These are the minions of the devil that come to agitate and stir things up. That's that's his game. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get in our mindset because we try to be, should be trying to focus on the light of the world. And as I continue reading in verse seven, the same came for a witness. I'm sorry. Let me back up to six. John one, six. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came from, for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, and even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So, brothers and sisters, <clears throat> that we have that opportunity through Jesus Christ in his coming, and that we have the opportunity to be saved, be redeemed, and to spend eternity with God. Just believe Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. He came here to give us that opportunity to be able to spend our time with Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and our loved ones that went on before us. That is where our faith needs to be, brothers and sisters, our faith in God. Continuing, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, brothers and sisters, you, you know, John, John the Baptist is spoken of by, by the Apostle John, is talking here that, that there is a witness that came before and you know, it, it's how man and people will get so caught up in things. You see here the Pharisees <clears throat> that uh, John, when he was and he was getting ready to baptize Jesus, that he cried out saying, this was he whom I spoke of, he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And that Jesus Christ was before him before he was created Jesus was there and it talks here that in the beginning the word was with God Jesus Christ is the word 
It is the word. And he came to lighten us that we would be able to see in this dark place. God knows that this is a very dark and broken world. He knows that. He sees these things that go on and it breaks his heart. It hurts his heart. It does hurt his heart. It breaks my heart. And if it didn't affect us that way, then we have to search deeper for God because God put parts of him in every single one of us. Where do you think the emotions that we feel come from? Yes, every emotion that we have is part and parcel of God in us. God has feelings. He just didn't sit up there in heaven on his throne and look down with his austere majesty and look down and say, oh, they're being bad. I can't do this and do something about this. And it isn't that way. God loves us. He is a father and he dotes on his children. Have I got to say it again? For God so loved the world. There's that two little letter word again. So how much so loved the world? How much that Jesus Christ spread his arms open wide and died? That's how much. God being, Jesus Christ being a part of God, his only begotten son, and not wanting to destroy the earth and repent of what he had created because he'd already done a couple times in the Bible, Sodom and Gomorrah and the, in the days of Noah. And I did, he didn't want to do that. But you know, brothers and sisters, in a broken, tumbling world, God provides for us. And he does provide for us the light to be able to see our way so that we don't stumble. I shared those passages with you that the angels are with us so that we don't stumble and fall. They want to keep us upright and keep us walking on the path of righteousness, keep us walking on the path of light. Although the devil and the enemy tries very hard to knock us off that path, the closer that we get to God the Father, the closer we walk with him, the more intense the assaults will become. That's just the way of it. That's how the enemy works. He does not want us to be close to God at all. Remember something. Him and most of his minions came from heaven. They know what heaven is about. Oh, so jealous of the fact that we're having that opportunity to be there. And to spend eternity. They don't want us to be there. And will go to any means necessary to keep us from going there. Even if it means unto the point that we would take our own lives. Which is a mortal sin. Brethren and sisters, they would drive us to do so. Driving me to have gotten to the brink until the spirit spoke in my ear. What about your grandchildren? I was slapped across my face with that information and didn't go through. And there are people. Yeah, Hippocra Wood made a film about it. Clarence, the angel, came to save George Bailey, jumped off the bridge so that George Bailey wouldn't commit suicide, but he'd become so discouraged. Walking in this darkness, God tells us to be of good courage, be strong, be not afraid, nor dismayed. And be not discouraged. 
because he's with us all the time. Discouragement means that you give up. Discouragement is the is the lack of courage. The giving actually the giving away of your courage is what discouragement is. You give it away. You just toss it away. You you have no courage. And we can't allow the things that happen around us in this world to bring us down. We must focus on the way, the truth, the light, the life, the reality that God is our Father Creator and that He loves us. Our faith in God, our belief in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, the Comforter that was sent to us, for us, because Jesus was going where? To prepare a place for us. Brothers and sisters, every single thing that Jesus Christ did was for everyone to have an opportunity to come. And, you know, even <laughs> even the arrogance of man and, and the Levites and the elders of the church, the deacons of the temple and the, and the Pharisees and, and the Sanhedrin, they sent, they sent people from Jerusalem to question John the Baptist about what he was talking about. And they didn't understand him. They, they were confused by John the Baptist. They called him a madman. And he told them that he was not the Christ. And then they said, well, are you Elias? And he was not. And are you a prophet? And he said, no, because that's not what he was called to do. And they kept questioning him. And he said, they, they told him, they said, how are we supposed to tell anyone who you are, or what you are, and what, what are we supposed to tell them that sent us down here to question you? And then his response, of course, is a very profound word in John 1, 23. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And that just confused them more. <laughs> it just confused them more. They didn't understand exactly what he says, but here is the word crying in the wilderness. Brothers and sisters, all of us are those voices. The wilderness is of what? The dark world. The wilderness, because that is what it's like out there in the world for those that don't believe in Jesus Christ and God. And there are those that absolutely don't believe or they doubt or they have reason to uh, be fearful. And there are those, of course, the church of Satan is very much active and, and even more so today and more so now because the time is drawing near. So they are becoming very active. And then you have the churches of false doctrine and teaching that are promoting their own selves and vaunting themselves above for their own vainglory and for their own earning of filth or lucre. The, the money that they make off people, they're like the money changers. And that makes it a dark wilderness out there. So we are the voices in the wilderness crying out to them 
to let them know that there is truth and light in this world. And that is what our purpose is, brothers and sisters. And it's important that we do this, brothers and sisters, because we're called to do this. This is our purpose, because God does not want anyone to be lost. We are the assistant shepherds, you might say. And like Jesus, as he spoke and he taught, it is important. And any good shepherd will leave the 99 to go find the one. And this is what he also spoke, that greater rejoicing will there be in heaven over the one that repents and comes back to the Father than all those that are standing in righteousness. It's the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son. He's talking about the sinners that go and repent and come back and say, Father, forgive me. I didn't know what I was doing. I wanted, I thought I wanted this and all I want is you. The parable of the prodigal son is about us, brothers and sisters. If we leave and walk away from God, walk away from the home church, walk away from our belief and just leave it and go out into the world and do what it is that we want to do and not following what we should be doing and following the word of God, we are that prodigal son. Prodigal living that's just when you go out and do whatever you want, carouse and however you want, drinking and whoring and whatever you want to do. And just do it on your own. And that is that is what prodigal living is. The prodigal son. He went out and spent every single penny that his father gave to him that he begged for. Said, I want it now. I'm leaving. And went out and spent it without even thinking of anything else. Just spending and of course, there were those that gathered around him that said, yeah, spend, yeah, get us another bottle of wine. Yeah, let's have some more wine. Let's have some more food. Oh, let's go to this orgy over here that a couple Romans are, are friendly with us and, and they'll let us in. Yeah, let's go over here. And spent every single thing he had and wound up living and sleeping with the pigs and eating from their trough. And then his mind went back. Then he started to remember wow, I had a roof over my head. I had food to my fill. And now I'm laying here in the mud, in the mire. I smell like a pig. And I'm eating from their trough. He says, my gosh, I've got to go home. And his father ran from the house and put his coat over him so that the household servants wouldn't see him and put his own shoes on his feet. Because if he came home looking like he did and had no shoes on his feet, then the word and the speculation and there are cultural things that are not allowed and they there would have been a furor in the house. So the father welcomed him, hugged him, and kissed him on his neck and said, you're home, you're home. And told the house servants to 
get a fatted calf. And then the other son, of course, started belly aching and moaning and crying and whining about that. Well, you never gave me that. You never did that for me. And the father just simply looked at him. The ungrateful son, both of them ungrateful, but one stayed and one went off. And he just looked at him. He said, but son, you didn't have need for it. All you had to do was ask. You always had it, and you never asked for anything special. All you had to do was ask. And brothers and sisters, our good Father in heaven rejoices mightily when a sinner repents and comes back. And yes, we live in a duality. My pastor at my home church used that term duality. And yes, we do, because we are sinners. We are sanctified by Jesus Christ. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. But sinners, nonetheless, walking in grace, which we do. And some walk away and they go back to that sinful life. They go back to that life and they think that that is better for them. Brothers and sisters... If and when that person comes back, Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the angels in heaven rejoice and are very happy about it. And the word tells us that. Brothers and sisters, I love you. I want you to be encouraged, be upright, that the light of the world is Jesus Christ. And we have so much opportunity we have so much to share in the word. And brothers and sisters, very importantly, in John twenty thirty one, very key note about the words that John writes and what we need to keep in our mindset when we share and we're talking about the word. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. And this is exactly what God sent him for. He sent him so that there would be redemption, salvation, and life. And that we would have life and have life more abundantly. He didn't come to condemn and point his finger and you hear the term conviction of the Holy Spirit. Well, you have to keep in mind, brothers and sisters, that that's not a conviction like when you go to court and you get convicted of a crime and then you're tossed in prison or jail for a certain period of time or you have a public service that you're having to do. The conviction that they're talking about and is spoken of in the Word is a conviction of your heart. The Holy Spirit comes and speaks to your heart and draws you away from that action that you were going to do and convicts you to do the right thing, the proper thing. When I was getting ready to take my own life, I was going to drive that truck off of a very tall bridge, the Oakland Bay Bridge. And trust me, brothers and sisters, an 80-some thousand pound vehicle right where I was on that bridge. There would have been no stopping me. It was in the middle of it. There was little to no traffic. I would have got across that little curb and through that guardrail and into the ocean below with no problem. No problem. 
And that voice in my mind, in my heart, the conviction of the Holy Spirit speaking to me, what about your grandchildren? What about your grandchildren? What about your grandchildren? My children, my two sons, were not even old enough to be considering girlfriends. Maybe stealing a kiss at the drinking fountain in school, I don't know. They hadn't even left elementary school. But the Holy Spirit talking to me about my grandchildren, that was conviction enough that I got to get my mind right. I got to do right. And still didn't turn the corner. I didn't take my own life, but I hadn't turned the corner back fully. And I know right now, as I share with you, that the closer walk I get with God and the word and the sharing and doing, that the harder the enemy comes against me. There are things that are going on that I hadn't ever seen before in my walk. Why is it happening now? It's happening now because the devil is fearful of what I am doing. And that's okay. So that's a feather in my cap. I must be doing something correctly and appropriately that the enemy would come at me like that. So anyway, brothers and sisters, have a blessed day. Be encouraged. Be of strong courage. Be upright. Don't stand down in cowardice. Don't step aside in compromise. And don't be confrontational. No reason to confront. The Holy Spirit is with us. There is no reason to be confrontational into physicality with that. The Holy Spirit grabbed onto him and walked him away. And then, of course, as I shared, the Spirit showed me almost like a, like a flashlight beam in those Hippocratwood films you see when, when they want you to be focused on one thing, how they do that little subdued lighting of that. Well, it was similar to that. (laughs) I mean, I look right, the guy's wearing a pentagram and other amulets that represent Satan. So I knew what that was coming from. And that spirit that was in that person knew what the spirit was in me. Trust me in this, brothers and sisters, the enemy's spirits know what spirit is in you. And if they don't come at you in, in a certain manner, then you know that they're comfortable around you. And if they come at you like that, there's discomfiture in them and they're not happy with what's going on. I mean, it was just like an immediate turn of a switch. Just responded and tried to help the fellow and and, uh, he went that way. But that's the way it is. Brothers and sisters, have a good day. Have a blessed day. Be encouraged. Stay in the word. Seek the face of God through the word of God. And seek the answers through the word of God. Try the spirit in everything that we do. When you go to a strange new church and, and you're, or you're changing or something, whatever the reason, if you're going to try something, you can't go farther away or, or whatever this silly lies that they're portraying out here to the people are keeping you from going to your regular church, just remember something. Try the spirit before you cross The threshold, simply meaning that you pray the Holy Spirit to guide you in so. If you belong there, if it's a comfortable place for you to be, and it's a righteous place for you to be, that you will 
be there and listen to the message. And if it's not a place for you to be, you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you away from there. Try the Spirit before you cross the threshold of the church while you're still in your car, on your motorcycle, bicycle, walking, whatever it is. Before you cross a threshold into that, that church, pray the Spirit to guide you. It'll happen. It will happen. Trust me, it will happen. It's the truth. It's the way. It's the lighted path. Brothers and sisters, stay on that lighted path. Stay true to the word. Faith in God and belief in Jesus Christ, his son. Love you. Have a great day blessed day.